Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. If you were a child of the 80s, and I think there's a fair amount of you amongst the Free Range EDC congregation who qualify for this particular demographic, then you can't help but know a little bit about He-Man. By the power of Skull, He-Man and his merry band of Eternian roid freaks defended their home from the evil sorcerer Skeletor and his jabroni crew. Now, Prince Adam is returning via a new animated Netflix series under the direction of Kevin Smith, and with a trailer dropping last week, we figured it's only fair we should dig through and see what's what in this episode 67 we have the power of Revelation Reactions. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a man who has single-handedly created his own universe of characters and carved out his own legacy in the world of independent film. Oh, wait, I still had Kevin Smith's Wikipedia page open. My bad. He is the Jessica Havoc to my Navia. We made an impact, shimmer with greatness, and rise yet again. Before our middle-aged knees betray us and we fall to the floor in a crumpled heap, I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing quite well, and yourself, sir? I am well. Excited for another round on the uh, range of idiocy. Yes, El, I should I should have called you El Presidente of the Town Home Association. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, we welcome oh, you here. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, just, I just had to tear the Band-Aid off of that one for oh. one more shot at it, you know? <laughs> Thank oh, you. folks could only hear the pre-production meeting. It's just basically two old farts sitting on a park bench. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about this. <laughs> I, I think I would have made Lewis Black proud. So, <laughs> no, no, you weren't close to stroking out. So that was you. You, you were well within norms, I think. All right. All right. Now, before we get too much further into the show, can you name the tag team? So, who are the two people again? Nadia and who is the other one? Navia and Jessica Havoc. Now, oh, I have said. I have set you a difficult task here, I will admit. I have tilted this in my favor, but I did this solely because of the names involved and the name of the tag team itself. Navia and Jessica Havoc. Oh, gosh. Yes. I have... Just just one question. Is this WWE or another another uh, organization they're from? It's actually Impact Wrestling is their highest profile gig. So I've, oh. I know that you're probably not familiar. Although... I. You've gotten a lot of other stuff. I didn't think you were going to get, so I figured uh, you had a no, decent this, shot. No, this one uh, you you have you have got me game set and match. I I really have no idea, and uh, could not even venture a guess. So okay, they I were, will concede defeat and uh, do educate me, sir. They were called Killer Death Machines. Yeah, I come never. On. I would never have come even close to that. I would have thought of something else, you know, goofy, but. Ladies wow. and gentlemen, that is a tag team wrestling name. That's that's on the level of uh, demolition, you know. Yeah. Oh, it, it's fantastic. Although I don't know, I tried to look up some of their matches just to get a feel for because I, I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't really I didn't find a whole lot in the YouTube, so I'm gonna guess they weren't all that great beyond the name. I don't know, but I didn't see a whole lot on the on the YouTube. So Killer Death Machines? Yes. Really? That's interesting. So in spite of me tilting this in into my favor, I'm you going to say We got one! You got the Counting it. You've got I the don't touch. Care. I well, yes. Thank you, thank you. Alright, so before we get into the 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 main subject of our show, we of course need to check in with Tim about the week in geek. The week in geek. Feels so funky. Yes indeed, sir. Uh, kicking it off. Uh, we have from uh, StarWarsNewsNet.com, a little blurb from none other than Tamara Morrison, the man, the myth, the legend. He played yes. not only Jango Fett, but also the the adult Boba Fett that we saw in The Mandalorian Season 2. And he has confirmed that the book of Boba Fett will not solely be set after the events of The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, so for those of you who... Uh, did not hang around for the end credit scene, which uh, probably goes down in all of Star Warsdom as one of the more uh, bad shut your mouth, uh, you know, scenes where he just kind of walks in, blasts uh, Bib Fortuna, knocks him off the off the the throne of Jabba the Hutt, sits down like a boss, and uh, and and very much, uh, and then Fen Shan, uh, what is her name again? Fen Shanik. Yes. Right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, uh, you know, sitting on on oh, no, the arm of Shannick the throne. Oh no, is Shannon Fen? Shannon Fen. Oh my god! <laughs> I was right there with you too. I Jeez. went, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, just... I was just, I was still marveling at Fat Bib Fortuna. I mean, he was, he was asking for it. He was such a big target. It's like he, yeah. Boba couldn't miss really. Shand, 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 Fennec Shand. Oh, okay, now we Fennec finally Shand. got it. Thank you, Googles. Ah. <sighs> I disappoint myself. That's Nonetheless, right. I, I disappoint uh, when, everybody that you don't disappoint. So you know you've still got a smaller piece of the pie when you really think of it. Indeed. Well, when when Mando signed off, we we, we saw Boba sitting on the throne and Fennec uh, imbibing and and just both of them looking like they're ruling the world. Well, it's not just going to pick up right at that point. We are going to see events. Uh, and what I find interesting is this: events immediately following the Empire Strikes Back. So. Ooh. While we were probably pining to see what exactly happened to Boba, where he survived said fall into the Sarlacc pit, it seems we are going to get uh, some juicier shots from uh, you know new footage, additional footage that will complement, uh, probably not be The Empire Strikes Back per se, because that is from 1980, but complement mm. that movie and enhance uh, a bit of the backstory and the storytelling going on as well as uh, the story of his time inside of the Sarlacc gut, so to speak, uh, before he miraculously <laughs> escaped. So that is very exciting to hear. I'm I'm really interested to see what they will uh, what they will do and what they will film and show and you know the, what these flashbacks will amount to. Um, and hopefully, if if uh, if Mando has been any sort of sign, they are going to do it justice and then some. Oh yeah, that's that is really cool. I mean, I never would have 
I would not have thought to go back there, mostly because we're just so also happy that we get Boba Fett back. Mm-hmm. You, you almost don't want to ask for too much. You're like, I would really like to know what happens between Empire and Return of the Jedi, but nah, nah, I'm just happy to have Boba. Well, just happy to have Boba, you know? I am wondering if what they're going to film or what it's going to be is is going to help fill in the gap of why when he walked in and saw Bib Fortuna there, he just pulled the pistol and shot him. Like, I'm wondering if what we end up seeing is the delivery of Han Solo to Jabba. And then there's, you know, there, there's some backstory that led to what he did and, and that will be explained, but that'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to finding out what that is. Yeah, definitely. I'm all in. I, I am all in on that. So Star Wars Book of Boba Fett is scheduled to debut on Disney Plus. This and do we have an idea when this December, this December, Oh, Merry freaking Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Call oh. off the holiday. I'm not doing anything. I'm just watching oh. Book of Boba Fett. That's it. Cancel all my plans. I'm going back down into lockdown mode. <laughs> you won't see me outside. I'm just oh, going to be watching and rewatching Book of Boba Fett. Indeed. And it will be glorious. Indeed. Glorious. No, I won't give in. All right, next item. Uh, File this under Tim seeking out blood pressure-inducing articles, even if they go back about five months, for Uncle Todd, because... You're just trying to put me in the hospital, so you, I'm starting to catch up on you. So uh, it's not so much about putting you in the hospital. It's just it's kind of like winding you up and just letting you fly, you know, and, uh. and seeing where you go. And last episode, we got a good little rant out of you. So here's here's round two. But this one is uh, from We've Got This Covered.com, purveyor of all rumors, uh, truthful and factual. Apparently, Chris Evans might be returning to the MCU as Captain America. So this was from five months ago. Five what? months ago. Just, just, oh, you, you, you'll love this. Turning the MCU as Captain America. Uh, let's see. Uh, he's in talks to reprise uh, his role for at least one new Marvel project that will take place. And here's the rumor it is going to take place in the past, and it will have Captain America going up against Wolverine. Really? Yes. So Steve Rogers will be in the past, as we saw with Peggy Carter at the end of Avengers Endgame, and it will, the rumor is this will take place after Endgame, following his decision to travel back to the 40s to be with Peggy. It's unclear mm-hmm. the period his fight with Wolverine would be in, but he'd have to be in fighting age, so maybe the 60s or 70s at the latest. Huh. Now, there is no mention of the man who has made Wolverine his own. Yeah. So I do not know if he will truly be a part of it or not. But this, again, this is all a rumor. It is an old rumor, and it is not a rumor that has grown with any sort of aspect of truth, but I just wanted to get your reaction to a potential Captain America movie with the original, the OG, uh, playing the role, taking on Wolverine. Adamantium versus Vibranium. Here's the thing. 
this isn't this isn't getting my 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 blood pressure up. I'm I'm intrigued ah! by the idea. The problem is it just isn't going to happen. That's my that's my initial thought because I I mean hey I don't know Chris Evans you know aside from Captain America movies, the uh, Fantastic Four and you know Smart Pot commercials. So I it's not like I I speak with him on the regular. But he seemed to be quite happy to hand off Captain America and to be done with the MCU. I mean, maybe, I guess, but that to me is kind of a long shot that he would come back. It's it's not so much of a long shot that this might be a way that they would try and introduce Wolverine. But the thing is, like, where would this where would this movie fit in? Because Marvel already has their slate kind of filled. Right. And it right. it sounds like the it would it, at least it would sound to me like the X Men would would come in somewhat sooner. Unless they really shuffle things around, which hey, Marvel can do it. They they have done it. Mm. I don't know, but the other thing is, like, on on one hand, I could see this in somewhat of a, and you're gonna love this. I could see this in somewhat of a Hogan Ultimate Warrior sort of situation, where you get in the face versus face, and you get you know the old, you know the old established star trying to give the rub to the new guy, mm-hmm. and maybe that's how they try and when they recast Wolverine, because Hugh Jackman is I think has more than enough time said that he is done, and I yeah. think the only way that he would might come back. They might get him for like one of the Deadpool movies because it seems like Ryan Reynolds is dogging him, and it seems like Hugh Jackman kind of <laughs> likes it. You know what I mean? Like Hugh's like, all right, yes, this is yes. I like how you keep taking shots at me, and you know I, that whole Australian sort of like sense of humor thing. I think is playing. I, that's the only way that I think they would get him back. Yeah. They would have to recast him. Mm-hmm. And I could see it in maybe those terms. Like, maybe that is, like, the extremes they're willing to go to. To, like, yeah, let's bring back Captain America. It would be set here. And we're going to try and get, you know, Cap to rub some of that, you know, Avengers established MCU hero onto the new guy who's going to play Wolverine. Because that's going to be a tough gig. Whoever gets that that role, that is going to be a tough gig. Because, you know, you look at, like... Nobody was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they got Chris Evans for Captain America. Like, no one was really thinking that. Like, yeah, even even Hemsworth or, I mean, the only person I think they kind people were kind of excited about was Robert Downey Jr. But even then, it was like he was he was not like Robert Downey Jr. He is now. That was like Robert Downey Jr. when he was just getting to the point where people were like, are you going to show up to all to set every day and be sober? Like that was still a big question mark. So I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're coming into an established universe and having to bring a character in, and I mean, unless you got someone with some star power, that's an uphill battle uh, to really make that character your own. Because I, I believe Hugh Jackman still holds the record uh, in terms of like superhero flicks of playing the playing the same character in the most movies. I don't think I don't think anybody's beaten him yet. Although they might have, I I can't remember. But really, so Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't beat him. I don't think so because you got the three Iron Mans, you got the, all the Avengers movies. He might be close. Um, I would have to go through and add it up. I, I mean, think he actually he might be, but if, I mean, if you count appearances, I think uh, Downey Jr. might have him. But in all those appearances, he was not the main character. Well, or, sorry, yeah. for some of those appearances, he was not the main character. Yeah, but Whereas I mean, so for you Jackman, have he was kind of the focal point. Yeah, so you got the the three first X Men movies. Then you've got Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Apocalypse. There was another one. 
which I, it was just a cameo when he was in X-Men First Class. So, I mean, then you've got a couple of solo Wolverine movies plus plus Logan. I mean, I think you're close to 10 if I'm my math doesn't suck, which it yeah. does. But, I mean, that's a lot. So, I mean, whoever takes over that role, they've, they've got an uphill battle of trying to establish that character. And the smartest thing they could do, smartest thing they could do, is kind of go truer to the comics. Because in the comics, Wolverine is a very short, stocky sort of dude. And Hugh Jackman is not a short, stocky kind of dude. Like, he muscled up, but I think Hugh Jackman's like six foot two, six foot three, something like that. Like, a good, almost a foot taller than what Wolverine is listed at in the comics, mm-hmm. you know? And so, the best thing they could probably do is go more true to the comics of like a shorter, just, you know, stocky, kind of muscular, boxy sort of guy. Yeah. And, and, and just to distinguish physically, you got to have someone who can act too. So, I mean, I don't know who plays it. I, I really can't imagine who you would get to play that. But in some ways, I mean, damn it, I've talked myself into this. Like, there is a little bit of an idea of, like, trying to get rub a little of that Captain America magic off onto, you know, the new Wolverine and, you know, launch out the X-Men from there. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm going to go I'm with... I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm going to go with Hugh Jackman. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this, this, this is a gimmick match. Let's put this into wrestling terms. This is a gimmick match. You, you, you started with the Hogan Warrior comparison. All right, who who's going to be the big draw for this sort of thing? It's going to be getting Chris Evans versus Hugh Jackman, uh, no holds barred. Uh, winner is champion of the universe. The problem being, though, this isn't a one shot type of deal. Like I this know, is, I know. I'm just fitting into this. You know, my, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I mean, I can't blame Hugh Jackman. I mean, Hugh Jackman is what? How old? I mean, let's let's look this up. Hugh Jackman age, because he's got to be over fifty. Yeah. And and it's not even his age. I mean, if you he's just fifty two. Well, it, no, it, dude, it is his age. I mean, okay, you and I are part of you it know, is his age. But you but and I it, both it, loved Logan. Oh no! Believe me, if Hugh Jackman wanted to play Wolverine till the day he drops, I'm in. The thing is, what I'm trying to say is, in order to get into Wolverine shape mm-hmm. at 52, Fair. like when they yeah. showed like what he was doing on the set of Lo- of Logan, mm-hmm. in order to keep in shape so that he can, you know, even when you think about. Even Chris Evans, who's not as old as Hugh Jackman, having to like put yourself through the physical training and then shooting like all of this. Okay, when do we have to see Cap muscular? When do we have to see Cap with his shirt off? All those like all that has to be at the beginning, so that you can that like that actor can train their their butt off for months and be as pumped as possible to do those scenes at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then they can actually do the acting after that and let their body kind of you know, let the musculature slip a little bit because otherwise they wouldn't have time to shoot anything because all they're doing is working out and eating protein. You know, they're essentially right. the rock. Right. And and I don't know that anyone keeps that schedule except for the rock 24-7, you know? I Yeah, what, what, what I meant is because you and I were such fans of Logan, that was, you know, rarely have we seen movies that have closed out a character in, in, a, yeah. in an artistic and in a proper way. I mean, I think Logan worked on a number of levels it was it was much more violent and more true to kind of the rawness of the character and Mm. it it was a it was an appropriate swan song for jackman playing the role so so that was more where i was coming from is i i could like like i feel like that closed the book on him playing the role and and we really don't need to see him again um, yes because of, of that of that ending i just the the wrestling fan and I would 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 pop if you will thumbs up cheap pop for the uh, Chris Evans Hugh Jackman uh, vibranium versus 
Adan- Ad- oh gosh, I adamantium. Adamantium. Thank you. I can't even do the the gimmick stuff the right way. Good lord. Don't don't worry, El Presidente. It's oh, okay. You've I'm, you got a lot on your plate signing all those executive orders. I'm done. I'm your out. your reign of terror. Your reign of terror this over the townhouse association. This was meant to drive you away from the mic again, and now I'm the one walking away. Good lord. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. I'll just kick this one home. So let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you something. Two hours of Uncle Todd ranting. Nobody needs that. No, and the thing is, I'm I'm crap without an audience, (laughs) or without someone to bounce off of. No one wants to listen to me just yap for two hours. It's just (laughs) it's no good. I need a foil, if you will. But no, I'm I'm intrigued. But my my point being that at like age 52, like trying, I think that was the the main thing that drove him away from that. I think for a lot of these guys, like. Uh, you know, and guys specifically because they, they, the at least so far the muscled up characters have been guys. I'm sure you know mm-hmm. we're going to see actually in photos from uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. Natalie Portman got her some guns right now. <laughs> she's she's been working out, but um, you know, so it, but for for some of these for for some of these people, let's just say that as they get as you get older, I mean. I, 45 years old and me like working out for like 40 minutes in the morning is rough when you got to work out like four or five hours a day oh at 52 oh eating nothing but chicken and like whatever else chicken and tofu and just like protein by the ounce you know down to the micro ounce like nah, i'm good i want a cupcake <laughs> uh-uh Mm-mm. it ain't happening yeah and like you say but i but your your point is is Definitely, uh, I would say, weighted more than mine. Because yes, Logan was the best way for that that character to go out, and it was it was actually the one true Wolverine movie. It's the it's mm-hmm. the movie where you actually saw Wolverine as that character was truly depicted in comics, like mm-hmm. as a vicious, just violent, uh, rampaging character, and you got to see that side. And I, it would be a real tough act to follow, you know, for Hugh Jackman to want to come back to do that, and Agreed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. But man, it would be lovely. And but no. finally, less rumor and more just, uh, you know, a little patter, a little back and forth here. Uh, thoughts Ooh. on Loki, episode one? Patter. I, patter is good. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> pate? So no, I did not say pate. No, pate is gross. Patter, good. Okay. okay uh, gotcha. No, Loki, Loki, episode one. Oh, Oh yeah, Chef's Kiss. It was delightful on all levels. I actually, I watched it the Wednesday night when it when it well it premiered probably at like twelve oh one a.m. on on the plus. But I watched it. Uh, I watched it Wednesday night with a fam and enjoyed every moment of it. And then rewatched it the next day to nice. see what I could catch for Easter eggs and also to kind of you know let it let it further digest. I, I might even watch it again either tonight after we finish recording because uh, we're recording on a Tuesday, or I might I might watch it before watching episode two uh, tomorrow night nice. because it it was just great and Tom Hiddleston just was so good in it, mm-hmm. so good. Oh, oh yeah. it was just the gamut of emotions, emotional states for Loki. It was it was delightful. Oh, it was delightful. Nice. How about you? What did, what'd you think, sir? Because uh, you, were, you were kind of shocked when I told you that I was watching Loki for the second time. Yeah, I, I, I was. It, 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 it spoke to the quality of it, um, certainly when I heard you say that. So I'm like, all right, I'm intrigued. I, I will say right off the bat, because I got to get this out and I texted this to you. There is a scene 
uh, when we're first introduced to oh, Owen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. First of all, spoilers. If you have not watched, go ahead and ah. fast forward a little bit. Okay. okay. So spoilers because it's only it's not even quite a week week old. It'll be a week and a half by the time this is posted. But still, well, well this this may not be necessarily a spoiler, but but thank you for the for the disclaimer. But when we're first introduced to Mobius, who is Owen Wilson's character, uh, he is in a church in the 1500s. He is hunting down uh, some nefarious person who is carrying out killings and so forth, and we're not entirely mm. sure. You know, it seems like they're, they're jumping time, and he's trying to go after him. And uh, he has a conversation with a young lad, and then there's one point where uh, they're talking about who this person is, and he looks at the stained glass window, and there in the window is 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 a picture of of a devil, and the only thing that, like like the voice that's going through my head as as they focus in on that stained glass window is, they didn't say it was Mephisto, so it could be. <laughs> exactly, and the thing is, like after we after we did our last show, okay, so oh we did the God. we did the real and the jabroni. I realized I messed that one up. I meant to say that we would not see Mephisto, and that was my agreement. But I didn't. I actually I replied. I forget how, but I basically I in my answer because you phrased it as he will not be in there, mm-hmm. and I said that's the jabroni, meaning. Mephisto will be in this in this and I was like oh my gosh what if I was accidentally right wouldn't that just be <laughs> it would be so on brand I mean I probably it wouldn't happen but as soon as I saw that stained glass window I'm like they didn't say it's not Mephisto <laughs> <laughs> there he is there he is I'm telling you I get that one. Oh so, gosh. Oh yeah, I saw that, and I just I almost came up <laughs> off of the couch, and no one else would have gotten it. No one nope. else would have understood. Nope. And uh, yeah, but yes, that oh that was a great little scene, and and the way that the way that Wilson played that mm-hmm. is just so great. Like just knowing how to deal with a kid, and yeah. and kind of all that. It's oh, and and the little exchange between him and the other guy. Like I speak all the languages in the timeline too. Jackass. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that. Like, yeah. I, oh, it was great. So good. Yeah. No. No. I, I I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a great first outing. It was very. Uh, gosh, what's the term when there's a lot of? Uh, it was very expository, which which mm. I, I welcomed. I I liked them. I especially liked you know Mobius going into his history and his past. You know, kind of the events that he was aware of at least. And then uh, I thought it was really telling for his character when, when Loki kind of saw the result. And, and I just loved the laugh that he gave when he saw himself die at the hand of Thanos, like, like just this, like, it's almost like you have to laugh. Otherwise you you would cry, especially at the sad irony of what his life ended up, you know, being compared to his big speech that he gave, you know, or that he was giving at the time about his glorious uh, purpose. And, Oh, did you, didn't you love that, that part where he, he, of course he escapes, and, and then lands in like where was it Mongolia or yeah something like that. he's like in the desert somewhere and he just gets up on a rock and he's like I have glorious purpose like, it's like he just like keeps five going people with like five people like he has to but he has to oh, he looks around gosh. the first thing he looks for is like a platform yeah. <laughs> I was like oh yes this is definitely Avengers one full tilt diva mm-hmm. Loki oh mm-hmm. it was gorgeous it just set it was it just gave you right instantaneously like yes i remember this guy okay perfect yeah and then and then when he and then when the the people showed up and he's like never mind and he goes off and i'm like oh my gosh now it's like we're getting loki mixed with like captain jack sparrow in some ways like (laughs) there's there's definitely in the venn diagram of like 
characters there is some overlap between loki and and jack sparrow i've mm. just realized just in in mannerisms and in kind of almost the way that their lives kind of play out yeah, uh, yeah. but that moment especially i was just like oh my gosh channel like Johnny Depp there for a second it was it was a little a little weird well especially like like the scene where he's he's kind of standing in the line that's really not there you know he had to take a number yes and, and he's standing oh, there yes indignant about the whole thing and then he sees the guy get vaporized and he's just like searching for his ticket and he just like waves it in the air you yes. know I mean like like that when you said Jack Sparrow, I'm like, okay, that is a Jack Sparrow moment right there. He's just like waving his hand in the air, like, here's my ticket, here's my ticket. Yeah, all I needed to say was, I've got a job debt, you know, <laughs> something like that. It would, oh man, oh, so good, and so oh. many, and like, but but I like how you put it as, as saying that it was expository, because it it very much was expository and somewhat almost like a like origin story ish, even though we know this character, but it's kind of reintroducing you to and 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 really laying out the premise of the series but did it in such a a, a really like eco- economical way and entertaining way and and all the little yeah. things that just kind of set up and and set the 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 stage for Loki to get to the end of that episode where you see Loki kind of go through this emotional journey yeah and but it was done so well that to me it didn't feel like it was dragging it didn't feel like it was just a lot of talking even though it was a lot of talking mm-hmm. it oh man it was just it was so well done so yes. well done yes and uh and and you know the the other when you're talking about the the exposition I mean ju- just the I wouldn't call it. I mean, I don't know if you would call it deconstructing the character, but I I, th- I really enjoyed the back and forth with Mobius and and Loki as he's trying to drill into like, you know, who are you? Like like what yes. what is your yeah. what is your purpose here? You know, I mean, this is everything you've done. You failed at it, and and just you know constantly deflecting, deflecting, and then he just you know, and and it was great when he was kind of going through and in that moment when he sees the Infinity Stones in the drawer and he's just like. Mm. Like that moment of truth, like everything you thought you understood power to be has just been ripped out from underneath you and you are, you, you know, you're, you're reduced to atoms at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, yep, like just so well done. So well done. It's just Marvel, you know, ugh. can they do well, no wrong? Sweet. Moment. Well, and the, the funny thing is like it's it's one of those deals like it, it goes back to it kind of ties into uh, Avengers and. And and how how uh, Shield was was working on what a phase two or whatever they call it right. like the, all the energy weapons that they were building that were powered by the Tesseract mm-hmm. and saying like oh yeah well this we we needed a response after you and you know the the destroyer showed up talking to Thor like this is the reaction that the humans had when they were faced with power. And not just like, oh, Iron Man power or the Hulk. It's like, oh, no, here is like demigods showing up, Mm -hmm. you know, mythological gods showing up and just wreaking havoc. And then Loki has that moment where all of a sudden he's in a spot of like, oh, this is what real power is. And that goes back to something that I think he even says in, in Avengers is, you know, you don't know what real power is. And, and and tying back into that and having that gut check moment of now he's he's like, oh, this is what real power is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you've got infinity stones just sitting around in a desk and people use them for paperweights. Yeah. I've got a tesseract here that I, I can't use. And you know everything that's going to happen. Right. Oh man, that and, yeah, and that and that totally is the pivot point that gets you to that moment where he's 
he's talking with Mobius at the end of the episode and is like, yep, this is all because, you know, of fear and all that. Oh, oh, it's, and it's so well done and so well acted. Absolutely. So well acted. Absolutely. Because even, even in that moment when, when Hiddleston, when Loki is at that low point and, and Mobius is asking him, oh, did you try and use it? Oh, yes, yeah, several times. <laughs> just <laughs> still manages to conjure a little bit of that flippant attitude but in a real in a in a slightly different tone and i'm like oh hiddleston you oh you're just magnificent mm-hmm. oh you're great yeah and then the and then the whole you know reveal of you know who they're chasing is like i beg your pardon yeah <laughs> yes yeah. all, all of it is just so note for note for note perfect yes Oh, and it's and it makes me look forward to every other Marvel show that we've heard about because they they, just, they keep coming back and proving that they've figured this thing out, mm-hmm. and they've they've figured out how to how to give different character and space and and tone to all of these different movies, and now they're applying it to the the shows as well, because you're not just getting a standard issue comic book movie right. or show, you're getting something very specific and it it's just cust- it's like it's all bespoke it's tail it's hand tailored mm-hmm. for these characters and i'm loving it the one last thing uh, and this comes from screenrant.com uh and and i'll just cut to the chase on it but uh it talks about you know uh the mention of agent colson um and pointing out how interesting it was that mobius uh only called out the fact that loki you know killed colson and that his death was the you know, kind of nexus point for the Avengers coming together to avenge his death. And, and that led to Loki's, you know, loss. And the article is kind of pointing out that, uh, you know, Mobius doesn't go on to say that Coulson comes back, you know, to, to mm. further kind of rub salt in the wound of how Loki doesn't ever seem to really accomplish what he sets out to do. In fact, he, you know, he moves on from that point. And they're, they're kind of uh, extrapolating that out to mean that, Potentially, if you consider the MCU timeline that we are all familiar with and have witnessed the movies from, that this would be an implication that his resurrection and the events of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are potentially, in fact, in an alternate timeline uh, and reality in the multiverse, thus proving there is a multiverse. Uh, so mm. just an interesting point I wanted to raise because he does. He, he doesn't, you know, he's going, you know, Mobius is hammering in on loki's failures and his inability to ever accomplish what he's really setting out to do he flippantly comes back and says well i killed agent colson he's like and yeah and that basically solidified the avengers that eventually went after you and overthrew you so that didn't quite work Mm. out but then he didn't go on to say that oh well colson wasn't really dead he's only mostly dead he didn't say that so it's kind of reading between the tea leaves rather deeply but uh i I thought it was kind of an interesting theory that it's a proof point of of there being uh, a multiverse yeah which would be interesting because now it it just it it even further mucks up the timeline like if you want to watch like all the marvel movies in order Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's like oh well you have to go back and watch truly you have to watch captain america the first avenger and then you actually have to watch captain marvel and then you actually get into some of these other flicks. It, mm. It's it gets really interesting really quick. And now all of a sudden, oh, and Agents of Shield now fits in here, kind of, but not really because now it's an alternate universe. And uh, oh boy, yeah, things are business is about to pick up, as Jr. would say. Indeed. And on that Jr. note, that my friends is another extended week in geek. Well, wait a minute. I see one more item on here. Uh, what? 
We, we, we need the Tim health update. How many days without incident are we? I, uh, I, need I believe to know we are at 24. All right. Well, that's good news. We good. are at 24, uh, feeling good, no issues, and uh, hitting the bike tra- uh, the, the, the trails, riding the bike, getting in some 13 to 15-mile rides. Uh, there you go. A couple times a week. So all is good. And uh, thank you. Apparently, I can't read our show outline. So. Well, you know, I'm, and I'm here to help. My friends is an extended weekend. <laughs> and that, that, that is it. Uh, well, so now on, and thank you once again, sir, once again for doing all of the work and the research for that segment so that I don't have to do squat except sit here and just react to things. No problem. And I just be your, your trained dancing bear for that segment it's uh it's always so rewarding for me even when you even when you're setting me up to try and get my blood pressure to skyrocket and it and it's it turns back around on you jack mine up and i i was ready to walk out good lord ah well you know hey not not everyone's perfect but we have a we had some happenings uh, that I, I alluded to earlier that would kind of uh speak to all the 80s kids out there and uh even though maybe not born in the 80s, but of course coming of age and growing up very much in the heart of the 80s. You have to know a little bit about He-Man. And and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, of course, the animated television show that was uh, ran for like, I think it was four years, 81 to 85, something like that. And uh, it was, um, well, it was a show. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was one of them, you know, hey, we want to sell some toys. Let's make a show. And it also was, uh, it went along with, uh, I forget what the name of the the law or whatever it was that basically said that if you could prove it was educational, you could have it during, you know, every, every show after school or during a certain period of the day had to have educational content. So you got like those... You know, and like G.I. Joe, like mm. knowing is half the battle. And I right. forgot that right. He-Man had those at the end, too. Oh, he yeah. had those little like, oh, yeah, and here, here's what today's show was about. The moral of the story is, um, which was, you know, it's all goofy and, and fun and stuff. Mm. And um, it was uh, one other thing I, I kind of forgot about about He-Man is that the way that they played Prince Adam was very much like uh, as a very weak and sort of, uh, I I don't know how to describe, sort of like Faye, sort of, I, I don't, mm-hmm. sort of way of like to further differentiate himself from He-Man, mm-hmm. you know, was very kind of like, oh, I would never do, I would never take on a bad guy like that. And the yeah. king is like, yeah, of course you wouldn't, you know, you... <laughs> <laughs> You little wimp. I don't, it, but it was kind of funny because, of course, you know, Prince Adam is still, you know, built like a brick, you know what well, house. And I was going to say, kind like, of funny. wasn't that the, like, wasn't that one of the, the, the goofy parts, though, is that he had literally the same build as, as he man? Oh, totally. I, I mean, and the, and the haircut. Yeah. Like, everything about him was the same, except it was like, oh, here he is with a, with a loincloth and a, and a, like a, two belts across his chest. And but nobody. I mean, it's like it's even it's even a worse disguise than Superman. Like he should have at least had glasses. That's or where something. I was going to go next. Is is yeah, like Clark Kent when he has the glasses on, no one knows that he's Superman. He takes them off and they're like, oh, Superman! Oh my gosh! Not even that. It's like Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Lois Lane doesn't observe this, you know. But in in He Man and the Masters of the Universe, like there is literally no change except for like shirt and pants. But nope. Can't play some. I know. It seems like I've seen him somewhere before. Mm-hmm. 
I don't get it. And and almost the same voice too. So I don't I don't get it. But anyways, so the the funny thing uh well, actually, let's get into the reason why we're talking about this is because now uh, He-Man is coming back. Uh, Kevin Smith, as the showrunner, showrunner, producer, kind of director, hired by Netflix. They're, this show will be debuting in late July, and uh, it's going to be 10 episodes overall. I guess they're going to drop it in two sections. You're going to get one drop of five episodes, then you get the second half at some point down the line. And uh, it's basically a show that is taking over right at the kind of the story picking up uh, where the anim- original animated show left off. So that's kind of the lay of the land, if okay. you will. Um, one thing I did not know, and you'll find this interesting, because there's a lot of a lot of crossover here in this in this episode with kind of our show and, and things that we talk about a lot. You know, we're a show about everything, but like I say, it's mostly the stuff we like. This has a lot of crossover potential and and a lot of you know dots connecting. If 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 we were, it would be like a you're looking at that gigantic, uh, you know, you go into the room and the person has all the articles and 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 photos up on the wall and they've got the red string connecting them all and all that. That's kind of what this is looking like mm-hmm. because there's a lot of crossover in this. And here's the first example: uh, Mattel, who are the original toy makers, who started this whole shindig the reason why they kind of started this entire thing the catalyst for the creation of he-man began in 1976 when Mattel's ceo ray wagner declined a request to produce a toy line of action figures based on the characters from the george lucas film star wars Mm. with the film's toy rights being acquired by kenner instead Upon the com- commercial success of the film trilogy and all related merchandise during the next few years, Mattel attempted to launch several unsuccessful toy lines, none of which captured the public's imagination or made a significant dent in the toy market. So they decided, hey, let's get a roided up Conan the Barbarian, and here we go. We're <laughs> off to the races. And so, away we go. Right off the bat, the whole thing starts off with like George Lucas one more time getting over on a yet another company of some kind and just you know doing his little kermit laugh all the way to the bank and and i think that's because you know in 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 typical fashion you know he you know you look back at what he did i mean he he was like i don't understand how how the industry didn't see this coming but he he had the foresight to see that the marketing and the you know the 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 money and the toys was was going to be massive and and he you know he wanted those like he negotiated those rights you know, so that he could be able to, um, you know, have the ability to market and license products as he saw fit because he, he knew this, you know, if it hit, it, it could be huge, you know, and, and when, and, and it seems like a lot of companies saw that and then they wanted to go after that market, you know, in, in a, in a bunch of different ways. And, and it was really fascinating. What was the show, um, on Netflix? I, I think when we were, or to- oh, toys, toy- toys that made us, or something like that. The the whole story yeah. behind that was just fascinating with He Man. Well, the thing is with um with George Lucas, and I know I I only point this out because I was just rewatching uh, Empire of Dreams for like the 80th time the other day, and my daughter was like, "Really, Dad? Oh, great documentary. Seriously." Uh, but when he was talking about that, the fact that like nobody really made any money off of toys, it wasn't it wasn't a thing. Before that, and so when he talked about it, he was like, "I was able to get, you know, the the rights for promotion, uh, you know, for like uh, all these different rights, and it was essentially whatever the studio didn't want. It was whatever was left over, which I was I was like, it's so it is it's so weird to think of it this way now, but 
you know, and his his motivation was like, and I love it because it's such an artistic thing, like such an artistic mind. Well, I just operated out of the same, you know, thoughts that every filmmaker has is that the film is going to flop and no one's ever going to go see it. And I'm not going to get to make the rest of the movies. I'm like, yes, yeah. there's the artist. Yeah. And anyone who's yeah. ever written or tried to do anything is like, wow, I know that's me. <laughs> but uh, but the idea that he could like print T-shirts and, and posters and all that. And, and promote the flick if the, if the studio wasn't. And then, of course, you know, doing the toys, like, nobody knew that. And it probably worked out even better for him because Kenner was, like, this little off-brand, you know, toy maker and probably gave Lucas an even sweeter portion of the pot than what Mattel would have because Mattel was, uh, I believe, was probably more established at that point, probably why they turned it down, yeah. you know. And so, again, just Lucas laughing his Kermit talking, glass wearing, bearded self to the bank, just over and over on, yeah. <laughs> on everybody, which is yeah. the one part of, of like the Lucas's legacy that I am just all in favor because it's like no matter what, he just always comes out smelling like roses and all this mm. stuff. I'm like, dang it. It's like every artist's dream, you know, to get over on, on, the, on the corporations just time and time again. Yeah. Good for George. Just please don't make any more movies. But yes, I thought that was an interesting bit of. Uh, information just to kind of set the scene with and a quick anecdote from from my past if you don't mind yes because I, I i was a fan as as a child in the 80s you'll never guess so i i i collected some he-man toys uh back in the day had, had the old battle tank had uh he-man and uh, a couple of the other characters uh mm-hmm. but you'll never guess what i would repurpose those characters to be in terms of, of, <sighs> of when i would play with them go ahead Gee, I I wonder if they were wrestling. You got it. <laughs> I had a whole wrestling league going on with those guys. I mean, it was hysterical. I, I was like my own little Vince McMahon in my bedroom. <laughs> Draw me money. Shocking. Never saw it coming. <laughs> Draw me money. Oh, it's a sickness, really. <laughs> which was which actually, I mean, before they cracked down on steroids, yes, Vince McMahon would have loved to have someone like he. <laughs> I mean, just muscles on top of muscles oh, on top of muscles. I mean, you, you haven't seen that many muscles since Image Comics launched when mm-hmm. they in the, in the '90s. Like, just their muscles had muscles had muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my goodness. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I did too. I had uh, I had He Man. I think I only had a couple of them because I I was already heavily invested in GI Joe and Transformers. My parents were like, "Yeah, no, we're you 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 got to pick a couple of lines here. We can't buy everything of everything." So I'd have to go over to my friend's house with like my two He-Man figures, and and I I believe at least one of my friends I think had the the Castle Grayskull set, and they had oh, a bunch yeah. of He-Man stuff. So I could I could go over there and like you know vicariously live out my imagination <laughs> through all their action mm-hmm. figures. Many a backbreaker landed by He-Man. I'll just say that. Oh, I am sure. Probably a muscle buster as well. <laughs> a muscle buster as well. Yes. Um. So uh, you have have you seen the the trailer? Correct. I have, sir. I have. And what were your thoughts on it? Well, for, first of all, I I was I think what really struck me was how true to form or or, or how true to look all of the characters were to the to the cartoon that I remember watching. Like, mm-hmm. you know, normally when you, and I mean, they weren't one for one perfect, but when you looked at the, the characters themselves, like uh, man at arms, for example, I mean, like I, I'm like, that's the guy I remember as a kid, 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's not 100% what he looked like, but it was so close that mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they are really, they're, they're really trying to stay true to, to what the show was in terms of what the characters looked like. I mean, He-Man looks different. Um, and from the little bit we see of Adam, he looks more diminutive, you know, not, not, yes. not having the jacked up, you know, physique, uh, hidden by, you know, his, uh, his princely clothes. His, his princely blouse yes, or whatever. But I mean, Skeletor, I forget his name. Is it Beastman or what the heck? Is yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, Beastman, Merman, Triclops. I mean, all the, you know, a lot of the original character Skeletor, I mean, literally looked exactly the same. Um, mm. look, looked very much like what I remember. So I, I was really struck by that. Got to be honest, I don't know that I'm I'm crazy about the music they used in the trailer, though. I mean, I what? I, I get the point. Oh my gosh, I get that the point. was awesome. Oh, it's so cheesy, though. I mean, come exactly. on. Exactly. No. And that, oh, it, that, that's what sold it for me. As soon as I knew that song was, as soon as I recognized the song, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm so, dude, I mean, because I love the fact that it it becomes almost meta. Like, you know what? Mm -hmm. Yes, this was a cheesy animated show that had an even cheesier live action movie with Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella afterwards. And now it's still kind of cheesy. And that's what makes it kind of nice. And we're, you know, and and just, but you you can't tell me that like that music doesn't get going. You're like, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't get, that doesn't, that didn't get you jazzed. Seriously, uh, I know I know what a fan of getting jazzed you are. Well, I, I am a fan of the jazzed and the jazz hands. Um, I don't know. I, I I just felt a little more. So 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 here's here's why I didn't think it fit though, because I feel like the presentation of the characters, you know, especially when you see He Man in in kind of you know he has like a cloak over him, you know, you can't hardly see his face, and and just that kind of anime look to it, it, it looked very. Like as much as it looked like the characters I remember, the presentation felt more serious. You know what I mean? Like it didn't feel like, you know, the, this sort of campy comedy. You know, Skeletor every five minutes calling one of his henchmen "you boobs" or whatever he used to say. You know, like being yeah. being silly. It, it was presented in kind of a serious way, and so I I just thought, you know, a little, uh, you know, maybe a little Metallica in there. You know what I mean? Um, for whom the bell tolls, I, I I could see being a good one. That's just me, though, you know. Uh, and and I I just I felt like if you're gonna go for that, and from you know some of the the links, sir, that you provided in the show notes, it seems like uh, you know the, the the Kevin Smith is is aiming for this to be more toward the adults who remember the show than it is to be you know for the chi- for, for 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 children or for kids. And so, so, you know, just from that sense, I'm just kind of like, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't like the music, you know, completely ruined it for me, but I'm just like, oh God, there could have been a better song. You know what I mean? (sighs) To paraphrase Dan Aykroyd, you wouldn't know a good time if it fell on your face and wiggled. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. What What did Bonnie Tyler ever do to you? Come on, man. That's a, that is a classic well, not really, but I mean, it it it, fit, it fits the vibe. Like it's fun. It's fun. That's what it's supposed to be. Oh man, are you allergic to fun now? I'm not allergic to fun. I I just you know if 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 you're gonna 
give this the Dark Knight treatment, you better, you know, show up with the music that uh, compliments. That's all. It's not the Dark Knight. You've got a, you've got a cat with a saddle on it. Like it's a serious it's, He-Man. It's not serious. Orko it's not- even looks serious now. He doesn't look like goofy Orko, who's like you know. Well. Merlin the wizard he he looks like he's showing up for a throwdown of some kind you know what I mean well they actually did uh, Kevin Smith did say that they took extra care to try and make that character less of a joke than than he was in the in the series but still it's it's just good fun it's just good fun that's I'm overthinking it but little Metallica would never hurt anyone (sighs) bring in demolitions theme music that makes everything better (laughs) Oh my good lord! <laughs> now I'm gonna get his. Now I'm gonna get his BPMs up. The, the thing is, you know me. I'm all in favor of the demolition. But this was this was just to me. It was just a perfect choice of and and tone. All you right. know, it just right. it worked for me. It worked mostly because I. The thing is, I know that it's going to be different. It's sort of like bridging the gap between the goofiness of the original and getting you kind of pumped for the for what you know is going to be a more serious take on it. Like mm-hmm. I know it's going to be more serious. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's going to be. Yeah. However, it it just it, to me it helped bridge that gap. It was the way of like, okay, we're going to pay a little homage to the, the original, and but you know that just by the looking at it, it's going to be a bit more. You know, it's not about selling toys right now. Now we're going to kind of make an actual, you know, sort of thing out of this. And and I just can't believe that you didn't like that. I, I'm i just, uh, I am, I am flummoxed. I can't believe at, when you listed out the cast and all the crossover stuff that you didn't list Lena Headley and Liam Cunningham, both of Game of Thrones. Well, that's partly because I haven't watched uh, Game of Thrones. I was going to point that out. Oh, though, I'm, they're, done. They're, I'm, I'm that, done. What the? You go right ahead. You haven't Be watched done. Game of Thrones. I know. I, I have a job and a family, you know. I mean, geez. I got it. And he spends two hours talking to this chucklehead every week, so. Well, I mean, yeah. See, I could have been watching all this time. But here I am on this podcast for you. For the, for the people. Yes, thank you, Mario Bain. I appreciate it. It's been a while since we've heard from Mario Bain. <laughs> It's it has. It's been a lot of episodes. We haven't done Mario Bane in a while. Yeah, and you know Lord what? People, people. Were, people were really happy about that, too, and now they're <laughs> all the listeners are going away. Ah, uh, set that daily count back down to zero. <laughs> yep. Oh, I, I, was, I was very excited by it, because I, 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 like you, I really liked how they managed to split the difference of, of making the characters true to what they, to what they were, mm-hmm. but yet more detail, a little less, you know, over the top. And 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 even just the idea of like, yes, like the physicality of, of Prince Adam changes when he becomes He-Man. So it's not just like the same dude. I was like, yes, thank you. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yes. So people won't instantaneously recognize him. That was great. Yeah. And I just, I, I liked everything about it. I just thought it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm all in. I am all in on the show. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the first five episodes today. And unfortunately, we got to wait about a month and a week in order to see. So, it. How, how is this going to work? So, the series, because I'm reading this in uh, the Wikipedia page. Wikipedia, 
is the best thing ever. Uh, yes. The series is set to be released in two parts. First part expected to debut July 23rd, 2021. So that will be five shows. Yes, they're okay. dropping the first five, and then the second five, they have not announced when those are going to drop. I see. Okay, and there'll be five more after that. Understood. Yeah. I don't remember this myself, because as a kid, I, I probably would have, you know, when, when serious things happened on, on shows that I watched, you know, if a character died, you know, sometimes that stuff, you know, would stick with me. I don't remember, like, so in the 80s cartoon, it ended with... Like, did basically He-Man just, you know, kind of nuke Eternia? I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Orbit. To make sure that Skeletor wouldn't win sort of thing? Because I, I was reading that it's picking up after... It's the only way to be sure. ...the series when Eternia is basically left in a shell and everyone's kind of scattered. So I, I wasn't clear on if that actually played out on the show, because it seemed quite serious given how goofy that show was. Or was this something that's just kind of story that we did not see that is just being picked up from? You know, I'm not entirely sure because I did not All get right. a chance to, to re-watch any shows of the original run to get into this. And I, I did not have time to kind of go back and and review kind of the, how that ended. I know it was, it, it, in a way, it was very much a kind of, you know, episode, you know, kind of siloed episode every week. And sometimes it would extend and, you know, all of that because you're just trying to keep it going to, you know, sell more toys and all that. But I don't know how that's going to work, uh, how that in terms of like, if there's a definitive story they picked up from, or if it's just like, hey, and then after all this, this is what happens, mm-hmm. at the, you know, after that, immediately afterwards, and then we're going to bounce off of that. I, that's kind of what I feel like it, it, it is more yeah, from cause, my cause minimal I, research. I, I just feel like it was like, like there was just a formula that a lot of those shows use, G.I. Joe, He-Man, and I just remembered being just weekly, you know, just just dumb fun just watching it you know he-man kicking skeletor's butt every week sort of thing you know or every day yeah i i just i don't remember anything that led to the destruction of eternia or anything like that because because that would have been pretty severe like i remember watching oh God, i can't remember the i think it was called force five but it was like this i think it was like like anime from china that the, these these kind of like like long tail kind of cartoons. I remember watching some of those and some of those got a little crazy, you know, like you had mm-hmm. like, you know, f- like almost like the Darth Vader thing, you know, like fathers being the, the villain and dying and stuff like that. And it, I mean, I remember that stuff stuck with me cause I'm like, Oh, what's that? Um, yeah. but, uh, but I never remember anything like, like that happening on He-Man. It was always just very light comedy and just, you know, kind of goofy fun, you know? So, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, so the the Wikipedia um, summary uh, basically says it's uh, set after the final battle between He-Man and Skeletor and tells the tale of Tila, a former captain of the guard of Castle Grayskull, who, after the destruction of Eternia, seeks out the missing sword of power to prevent the end of the universe. So it sounds like we're, you know, they're kind of using Tila to get into the story of, you know, what happens after Mm. Skeletor and He-Man duke it out. Nice. What's really interesting is again going back to the the geek crossover like oh holy crossover Batman mm-hmm. this is some insane stuff so I mean first of all let's go with well actually let's let's start here before we get into actual cast uh, music by none other than Bear McCreary dun, 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 dun. I mean Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica's Bear McCreary uh, oh. coming in to do the music, which is why I can't be upset about using a Bonnie Tyler song in the trailer because you know when the series actually gets going, 
you are getting some quality score for this and it will be dramatic and it will be i'm gonna guess incredibly intense if it's anything like battlestar galactica i i think they should have used all along the watchtower Eh, that one's already been done although it you know what would be hilarious is if throughout the first five episodes you're building like this kind of musical motif and then it turns out to be waiting on a hero by bonnie tyler just Mm -hmm. tweaked around like given the the all along the watchtower treatment by mr mccreary and you have to eat your words because then you'd be like, that's the coolest thing ever. And you'd just be falling on your floor in a weeping puddle. That would be lovely. Thank you for that. Bet on it. <laughs> Book it right now. Book it. <laughs> <laughs> so Bear McCreary already tying in with one of our most favorite things in our life, mm-hmm. in, our, in, our, in, our, in our individual lives, aside from our family, uh, Battlestar Galactica, a close second to our loved Is ones. Is the Admiral in this cast? Oh, that would, be, oh my gosh, can you imagine? Okay, that, oh, that, it's not going to happen, but oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. That would have been awesome. Um, Actually, you know what would have been great? Him as Orko. That would have been... (laughs) 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 That would have been fan-freaking-tastic. And then Orko gives the speech, this is a one-way trip. (laughs) And then gets knocked out of frame by man-at-arms or something. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, so there we start there. Uh, But then we get into cast, and ladies and gentlemen, none other than Mr. Mark Hamill voicing Skeletor Mm -hmm. come on I mean of course Mark Hamill great voice actor very well uh represented in his repertoire of voiceover and non-Star Wars acting but oh my gosh that is a coup right there and Mm -hmm. it's great because I mean you know he's been in a in a Kevin Smith movie before so obviously yeah hey he's gonna show up that'd be great and then, of course, it, this being told, to, uh, apparently, the, the tale of Tila, played by none other than Sarah Michelle Geller of Buffy. Mm-hmm. So you've got a little bit of 90s geekdom working in there. And then, there as you, you said, uh, Lena Headey and uh, what was the other dude? I, was it Griffin? Liam Cunningham as Liam Man Cunningham. Arms. So we got two Game of Thrones uh, alums here. Known for and, playing uh, Sir Davos Seaworth. Okay, mazel tov to you too. Hey, he's and a good so, character. I liked him. Okay, that's great. I'd, I wouldn't know him from a hole in the ground <laughs> as far as his character. Sure. You could have told me it was Sir Francis of uh, Assisi. See, and, people, actually, try, that's a real person. I, I try to educate and, and, and I get mocked. <laughs> yeah. And? <laughs> well, this is the range of idiocy, so what should yes. you Yes. Uh, then we have uh, the Drew Carey shows Diedrich Bader as uh, King Randor and Trapjaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we have Alicia Silverstone, Clueless's Alicia Silverstone, which actually, uh, she, what was that, what else was she in? There was another, I mean, she was, of course, in a couple of Aerosmith videos. Um, and what else? What, there was another big movie she was in that I'm not, I'm forgetting, but I always, oh. I always remember her in, uh, because, all right, and you're going to, you're going to get a good laugh at this. I remember Alicia Silverstone most from Beauty Shop, the Queen Latifah barbershop spinoff. Ah. Because, and here's why. Okay. Gentlemen, let me just say, if your lady happens to be a fan of, of more lady kind of films of, you know, uh, what what is kind of referred to, and I'll put my air quotes up here, is chick flicks. Um, I don't know what it, I don't know what that's 
term now or how we want to uh, whatever. But, the, you know, we're, we know what we're talking about here. Like, you know, the, the under the Tuscan suns, the serendipities of the world, things like that. If your lady likes those, if, likes those movies or if you like those movies, whatever, uh, Queen Latifah's entries in this area are always good because a lot of laughs and just enough, I feel, balance that, you know, uh, uh, that I, I actually feel like I get my money's worth out of them. But so I've watched Beauty Shop several times when my, my, when my wife is like, I want to watch a movie. I'm like, I, ha- I know she's not going to watch want to watch any of the movies I want to watch because I watch weird movies anyway. So she wants to watch something that's funny and uplifting. And I'm like, no, I want a sad ending. I want to feel like crap after this movie. So I've, I've watched Beauty Shop many times. So I think of her in, from that movie. Ah, okay. A five-minute explanation that no one needed. But there you have it. Uh, and then we have, um, who do we got here? Who do we got? Who do we got? Who else is a tie-in here? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman from Batman the Animated Series in the 1990s, a far better Batman than anything that we have seen from DC since the Nolan trilogy at easily. And I would actually say eh, maybe close to Christian Bale. Uh, so getting that dude awesome um and then my personal favorite that i just noticed henry freaking rollins ladies and gentlemen as triclops as if i wasn't already in like whatever shares i want to buy in this i want to buy them again i'm i'm totally in now we've got justin long as roboto uh phil lamar as hero um and then of course we have a pair that pair of actors that you knew were going to be included at least one that you dang sure knew was going to be included jason muse of course uh silent bob's hetero life mate Indeed. is is playing stink which oh well <laughs> if ways, there was like, ever appropriate casting there you have it yeah 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 and then i mean just uh, being we, you know that he just always plays the goof you know what i'm saying like 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 that yes. just makes sense so oh totally and and in some ways i'm like oh Poor Jay. Then I'm like, poor Jay. I want. I would play Stinkor. Like, I I follow Kevin Smith on Twitter. Like, if he'd been like, hey, dude, you want to come play? Yes. Yeah. I don't care who who I am. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Jay Muse is in it, of course. And then Harley Quinn Smith, who is uh, Kevin Smith's daughter, and kind of getting into being a, an a, an actress in her own right now. Uh, she's in a, I think it's another Netflix series, Cruel Summer. I think that's a Netflix series or maybe it's a Hulu show. I don't know if it's, I I don't have either of those services right now. I'm going to have to sign up for Netflix to, to watch this, but, uh, but she is, she's uh, making quite a name for herself outside of the Kevin Smith view Askew universe, which is, you know, nice for her. Harley Quinn Smith. Oh, Harley. Yes. Kevin Smith named his daughter after a Batman villain. Gotcha. And they and and they get along well, which just goes to show how much of a good heart she has. Because I don't know that I could have quite done that if you know my parents had named me like Penguin. I don't know if I would. I I I might hold a grudge on that one. <laughs> you know, just saying. Hey, I'm noticing Tony Todd is on here. Of uh, what was that movie he made famous? Uh, Candyman. Oh, that okay. Yes, yeah, and he's playing a uh, Scareglow. So which, again, yeah, typecast. Uh, and then well, I noticed here Cree Summer as priestess. Oh, he was actually he was actually on Star Trek: The Next Generation as well. Was he? Oh, he was. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I think I remember. He he played a Klingon. Yeah, uh, he what's played, a uh, Did he play Worf's brother? 
I don't I remember who Kern is, but I think he, I don't think it was Worf's brother. I think it was one of those dudes who was trying to take over like okay. you know, in the Klingon Empire yeah. and it was like the line of secession or something like that. I think I remember that. So, so being another him. stalwart of the eighties and early nineties. Uh, yes, and, and then I noticed Cree Summer as priestess. Uh, she of mm-hmm. uh, a different world. Another late eighties, early nineties show. I was trying to remember. I, I I ran out of time to <laughs> to look through a lot of these, and I was I, I saw the name, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so familiar, and I didn't get a chance to to actually click on that one. Yes, good co- good call, good call. So yeah, it, lots of like kind of retro crossover and and geek sort of like. Oh my gosh! I can't believe this is what we're gonna watch. Sort of stuff. So a lot of, lot of cool stuff with this. A lot of cool stuff. Indeed. So uh, I think the big question here is, buy or sell? You watching this? Uh I think I'm gonna buy. I, I I'm I'm. Kevin Smith is no fool, and 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 he knows. Well, I don't know. You you, <laughs> you might get some different answers on that depending on who you well, ask. Well, I mean, even even if you ask him, you might get a different answer than what you would expect. Well, I mean, you know, he he clearly understands, I don't mean to say the value of the series, but but what this series probably meant to a lot of adults who mm. grew up in that time as kids. You know, he he has that sensibility and and understanding mm-hmm. of of the story and and the characters and and I like that he's kind of gearing it more towards the adults, um, mm-hmm. so to speak. Because, you know, similarly to Star Wars, you know, you're 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 dealing with an audience that is that is not kids anymore. You know, they're they're grown up. Yes, and there's going to be, um, you know, not that everything has to be o- overtly serious and violent and that sort of thing. But I mean, I think you need to adjust it a little bit you know, for, for the times. And I, and I think he'll, he'll honor the spirit of it, uh, the way that he should. So I'm, I'm really curious, yeah, to, to see, uh, what he's doing. It's, it's, it's a buy for me. You know, I can't say I've been clamoring for, for He-Man content, but I, I would be, uh, open to this and, and I'm already encouraged by what I see in the trailer, given how stylistically similar it is to what, uh, what I watched as a child. And uh, with any luck, uh, he might even throw a, you know, He-Man throwing an elbow from the top rope on uh, Skeletor during one of their fights, which I will uh, (laughs) uh, wholly uh, applaud. So uh, I'm buying. You might get a suplex or a DDT. I don't think there's going to be any ropes to come off of. If he does a DDT, Kevin Smith is solid. (laughs) I like how that's all it takes is to to get someone over with you is... They do DDT sold. It's not just a drop. I mean, anyone can throw a drop kick, but I mean, if you throw in some of those minutia kind of moves, I'm like, all right, you're 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 you are solid. You are a, a fellow fan. Yes, and if it's if it's like a flow over DDT, then then Tim will be a one man rapture. He'll go straight to riding on up to heaven on that. <laughs> <laughs> just dematerialize. Oh my gosh! And so uh, I'm going to say, you, where you seem now, would you say this is kind of a tentative buy or a or a low buy, kind of an uh, entry level buy? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to call it a weak buy because I don't mean to say that it's not interesting, but but you know, kind of going back to the comment I made about this is not something I have been asking for. You know what I mean? Like mm. like there are things, you know, when when the Mandalorian was first. You know, when I first saw that trailer, I was immediately jazzed because I had always wanted to see 
a focus put on some of the more minor characters in that universe. You know what I mean? Like, like that was the reason why I really got stoked for that. He-Man was a point in time as a kid for me and really has never really materialized again as something that I had a need to see. So this is, for me at least, truly content that is, what's what's the word for things in the past that you value? Um, nostalgic. Nostalgic, thank you. That's what I was looking for. You know, it's it's, it's more of a, uh, of a nostalgic thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and and what the story is but uh but yeah i wouldn't say it's a terribly strong buy for me but it is kind of a midland buy uh because i'm curious and it's nostalgic and uh, yeah i'd be i'm just game for for seeing something that that is uh you know doing something new with uh with something that that i remember from from my childhood Hmm. okay fair enough for me, I'm a strong buy on this one. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite. I'm not willing to go quite as heavy as a, as my wife has gone into Dogecoin, which uh, that's hovering at around thirty two cents right now. So we're not buying that island in Tahiti anytime soon. Uh, however, I am. I'm a very bullish on this show. I and and somewhat for the same reasons as you, but for a slightly different take on it. Uh, because I felt the same about Mandalorian. Except I, I approached it as like, this is something I didn't even know that I wanted until you showed it to me. And I'm like, oh, yes, this is totally what I, I, I didn't even know to ask. You know, I didn't even think this was possible. And it's kind of I feel the same way about this. Like, I didn't know that I would want to see this until seeing it now. And I'm like, OK, now let's do some more. Let's let's get some Thundercats going next. Like, I'm, I mean, now I'm OK. Yeah, let's watch that. And because this is. This kind of looks like it has the potential to be the first of these, shall we say, toy cartoons taken to, uh, brought into the new and not just completely crapped on. Because we've already had G.I. Joe, they took two swings at that ball and whiffed on the first one and mm, might have hit a single on the second one. You know, but however, no one's clamoring for a third movie there, and and or a reboot at the moment. Uh, Transformers, Michael Bay pretty much drove that into the ground until Bumblebee came along, and that's kind of the one glimmer of hope there. But that's I can't really even gauge that because to me, I don't even know if Bumblebee was that good or if all the others were just that bad, and it looks that good by comparison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you if you have enough crappy cheeseburgers at greasy spoons and stuff, and then you go to like you go to like McDonald's and you have a quarter pounder, and you're like, ooh, now this is what I, it's like. No, it's not that good. It's just that everything else was really bad. Um, so I can't I can't quite calibrate that. I just know that Michael Bay is evil incarnate for what he did to Transformers. Sorry, it's just the it's a. It's a bone that I will have to pick forever. Uh, so this one to me is like, it feels like it's in good hands and it looks like what I would want to see. And I, I didn't know that I wanted to see it. Now I definitely want to see it. So I am I am very bullish. I am a strong buy on watching bullish. this. Nice. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm glad we could talk about that because that, uh, you know... I now I'm very excited. Of course, we, we did it far enough in advance that we're for once we're ahead of the curve, but we're so far ahead of the curve that now I have to sit around and wait. And I don't like that. I noticed it's debuting July 23rd. That is one day after my birthday. 
Well, there you go. Happy birthday to you, even though you disrespected the trailer and and Miss Bonnie Tyler. (laughs) And actually, the funny thing is, so I guess somebody told her about that, or maybe she knew. I don't know what, what state the rights of that song are in, where she even was notified, oh, by the way, someone's using this. But apparently she saw the trailer and and retweeted it and was like, this is really cool or something. And Kevin Smith's like, yes, my life is fulfilled now. Like just because Kevin gets <laughs> Kevin can get a little over the top, which is part, part of the reason why I enjoy him as much as I do. But it's just kind of cool. Like it brought it all together. Like, all right, Bonnie Tyler gave her stamp of approval on it. That's cool. Even though she's probably getting like a nickel and a, and a half for <laughs> the use of the song, because that's how music rights go. And another thing. So, sir, what do you have for and another thing this week? Uh, my and another thing is slightly, it's, it's a little something old, a little something new. Ah, good. So, uh, going back several episodes, I was chatting up and talking up the uh, series of WWE biographies on A&E. Uh, mm. I am revisiting this again, uh, just with a quick note that now that they have all uh, been aired, if you have not seen them, if you were at one point a wrestling fan from you know especially from the '80s and '90s and uh, well and even 2000s, uh, there, there was Booker T in there, which was a very interesting story. Just, just five time, just phenomenal. Oh my gosh, just, just just phenomenal, just phenomenal storytelling for all of these gentlemen. Uh, I would say the one that probably it may have been a little bit of a disservice was to Macho Man, um, mainly because there there were there were folks on there that were kind of giving perspective that um, I don't know that he would have you know approved of. I, I I've been reading some things that you know like Sean Waltman, uh, who's X Pac and a few others were were really kind of irritated by uh, like Bubba the Love Sponge and and a few of these other guys who had talked kind of disparagingly about. Randy Savage back in the day, you know, they were in mm. there kind of, you know, talking about his life and things that were going on, especially kind of the more darker things. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the only one that I kind of had issue with. But otherwise, they were all very informative. Re- I, I mean, Randy Savage's was still really good. I, I absolutely loved there, there's there's one part in there where Ricky Steamboat is talking about how he and Savage would quiz each other. They, they mapped out their match. Uh, mm-hmm. At WrestleMania three, move for move, and they they were quizzing each other months leading up to the to the event about you know they would start on you know move number thirty three and they would have to <laughs> and then they would work all the way through to the end having to recite what all of the the the, the sequence was and wow and and Steamboat said it's because we. You know, like like they cut to Hogan saying, "Oh, those guys weren't trying to steal the show," and it immediately cuts over to Ricky Steamboat like, "We're totally trying to steal the show." <laughs> He's like, "We map uh, that yes. we map that match out to maximize emotion with the fans, and mm-hmm. to and to give them." A, a high quality technical wrestling match. And he's like, a lot of people look at that and they say it's one of the greatest matches. He's like, Randy and I knew exactly what we were doing move for move um, yeah. going into it. And and we rehearsed it and we knew it and we just, it, it, it just came off. So stories like that, Mick Foley's story is fantastic. Uh, Bret Hart's was, 
uh, really well done, you know, uh, given everything that, that he kind of went through towards the end of his career. So I, I just wanted to kind of put that out there again. Fantastic show. And then coupled with that was after those would air, they would air a show called Most Wanted Treasures, where they have, you know, some of the retired legends uh, going out and, and getting articles of memorabilia for, um, you know, for WWE. Not that they're putting a museum together, but they're they're trying to collect items from past superstars so that they have a collection of of things and and the one i most recently saw was with uh, brutus the barber beefcake and greg the hammer valentine formerly known as the dream team from the mid-1980s yeah. um, they were a phenomenal team it was so cool to see them and 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 to see greg valentine kind of be featured in something he's he's kind of been quiet and really doesn't get a lot of attention um, but he was a legend back in the day he and tito santana had just an amazing feud and uh, and the British Bulldogs chased the the Dream Team for over two years. They feuded for two years. Can you imagine mm-hmm. a two year feud now? Wouldn't happen. Um, well, I mean, granted, that was pre WrestleMania, so no pay per view. No, it was during WrestleMania because the the Bulldogs beat him at WrestleMania too. Oh, okay. Like, so, but even then, I mean, you 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 only had that was like the the first two pay per views. Yeah. And you know you got weekly TV and stuff like that. So I mean, I can. It was a much slower. Oh, it was sort of deal. It, it was. They yeah. had a lot less pay per views, and 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 I mean, the big four weren't even a thing. It was really just WrestleMania, and then I think a few years later they finally had like SummerSlam. They started to build up, you know, the catalog of of, of pay per views after that. So, uh, so anyway, so so just you know, just two shows. WWE biography. Uh, to, there's eight episodes there. And, and they're all just fantastic. And then uh, WWE Most Wanted Treasures, uh, j- just really fun to kind of see these guys uh, reminisce and, and, and you know, kind of go after some, some interesting articles from their past. Uh, so I would highly recommend them. Uh, and for you, sir, what is your and another thing? Well, I'm trying to tie in a little bit to our main subject today. And I'm going to recommend that uh, the folks go and watch Kevin Smith's uh, latest special. Uh, It's not really... Kevin Smith has been known over the years for doing these marathon Q&A sessions, like hours and hours and hours long, and basically answering questions. And in some, he would answer... It would be like five or six questions that would be asked over the span of like a couple hours of of like the, the actual cut version of it uh, but he would just get up there and tell stories and in this one there's no Q&A it's just him getting up and and telling stories so it's it's more almost more stand-up storytelling sort of thing but should be noted that this is actually the special where he had his heart attack uh, which a couple of years ago uh, he had two shows scheduled and in between those two shows uh, they basically uh, an assistant or I believe some, someone in his team was like no I'm calling an ambulance you're going to the hospital this is not right you're not doing well and he was actually having a, a massive heart attack and had a almost I think it was like a 95% blockage in one particular artery that is they call it the widow maker because if you have a blockage there you're most people do not survive that yeah and uh I the 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 kind of addendum to this it isn't part of the story is that he had been smoking weed that day and the doctor was like that probably saved your life because you were so relaxed that wow. you're you you didn't tense up and it, you didn't further stress your your system, right. which I'm just like, okay, well there's an advertisement. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but but it's just great because it really I do like how uh, 
his storytelling is just amusing to me. His sense of humor, even though, yeah, he goes a little bit over the top in terms of, uh, it's it's tough to watch with my wife because my wife is not a fan of the potty mouth language of, of any kind. And, and Kevin Smith tosses out like three F words to describe a kitten. And so oh, it's, you know, it's if, if not if a man a f- of the good words, is he? <laughs> No, no, not at all. And, uh, you know, by the way, hi, Heather. And uh, so we, you know, but it's, it is funny and it is kind of, it's, his story is just kind of all tied together and it's great. And, and he, he usually manages to kind of be encouraging to artists and to, and for stuff like that. And, and that's always nice. Uh, but it, it is, it is a, it is a good watch. It's a fun watch. And um, it's also kind of the reason why we have some of the stuff that's happened since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, him doing um, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot and then of uh, doing something like this, like He-Man uh, reboot. It, it's it's all coming out of the fact that he was like, wow, I almost died. I better do all the stuff that I want to do, which he was already kind of in that mode anyways. And now it's like, it's it's like even more in overdrive. Like I'm gonna do anything that I want to do now because it's all house money. So it, it's a great watch. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you enjoy listening to Kevin Smith talk, I highly recommend it. Nice. Very cool. Yes. Yes, indeed. Now, quick question, follow up on yours. Is there any, do you have any information about a place you can stream the A&E biographies besides like, is there, do they now distribute it anywhere else? Are they up anywhere? Because I haven't, I want to watch these, but I do not want to get like another entire service to do it. Right, right. I I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I thought they were... I don't know if AE.com has them or not. Um, I I'll have to look. We 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 use a, a streaming service called Sling TV, and and we have mm-hmm. the the DVR package for that. So I was just recording them and watching them. So all right, because the funny thing is, I've got Discovery Plus, Discovery Plus, or whatever it is, and uh, that has an A and E section, no biography. Oh, it's got geez. like you know. Meth Heads USA, Storage Wars, all this other stuff, but no biography. I'm like, no! How can you not have that? That's like, ah. But anyway, I'll have to continue searching. Yeah, I'm checking the A&E.com website. Okay, they have biography. Uh, Okay, watch the special Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, Let's see, watch. Cross your fingers. Let's see if it works. Or is it going to prompt me to? Uh, if you just go to ane.com, brother, you should be able to watch it. Well, I guess I know what I'm doing this evening. Oh All right. shoot! So I'm not. No, never mind. Oh, Sign into your TV you, provider. You led me astray. I Shame. was hopeful. Shame. It says sign into your TV provider to watch this episode. Shame. Shame. That's- yeah, and then it's somebody's phone held up in front of the TV. I love those. <laughs> and usually they got their they got like their thumb over the over the microphone, so it's like mm-hmm. oh, this is fantastic. Let me tell you, I'm so glad we're in the twenty first century so oh, you can hold geez. your phone up to the TV. Have some pride in your work, man. Mm-hmm. Have some pride in your pirating. If you're going to pirate, make sure it's polished. Exactly. You know, be be Captain Jack Sparrow. Don't be like, I don't know, what was a really bad pirate? 
Actually, Captain Jack Sparrow is kind of a bad pirate, too. <laughs> It's kind of the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> the, he is the best and he is the worst. <laughs> well, it wasn't like the first movie. is like, I don't know if that's the worst pirate ever or the best pirate ever. <laughs> and really did walk the line you know, for those movies. Anywho, I believe that, uh, that, that kind of brings our time together to an end. Ah, yes, parting is such sweet sorrow. Although not entirely, because I know a bunch of you are like, yeah, it's about time. Uh, and and if, you're, if you happen to be stuck in the hospital and have just been listening to this because someone uh, you know, just left this on and you've got headphones over your head, and time to press the call button and get the, get the nurse in to try and change the channel. Because if you go on to the next one, it doesn't get any better. I'm just, I'm just letting you know ahead of time, they're all like this. Some a little bit longer, some, some a little shorter. But yeah, this is pretty much what you can expect. Mm. So thank you to everybody who's been listening. We do certainly appreciate it. We appreciate all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation joining together here once again to to read from the holy scriptures of idiocy, geekery, and nerdism. And we uh, we appreciate all that. If you would, if you have not joined the the congregation, how do you do it? You say, well, we have no forms to fill out. We have no uh, no initiation, no hazing. Uh, in fact, we aren't even going to pass the collection plate today that's how that's how how we're rolling all you have to do to join is subscribe and how can you do that well i'm glad you asked you go to apple podcasts or spotify we're on both of those platforms working on adding a few more in but uh, i don't have that information quite settled yet so apple podcasts and spotify are your two best bets you can also go to podbean uh, and the podbean app you'll find us there if you go to free range idc Con- uh, <laughs> free range idc congregation yeah free range you will find all of our episodes there and you can download those to your heart's content and uh, you know what if you uh, if you're uh, kind of like that social media action you can find us there too because again we need all the attention we can get apparently so you can go to facebook instagram or twitter and we are at free range idc on all three of those you will not find anyone else claiming to be us because well why would you uh if you have any questions concerns any ideas for shows if you have any questions about any of the shows that we've done if you if you have any life coach questions you know tim is great with those i will help you not at all uh you 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 can pretty much costanza my advice and just do the opposite and you'll probably be you know like the next amazon you know you'll, you'll be doing great if you have any of those if you have any complaints or anything like that you can send them there too. So you can send all those to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com and he will get back to you forthwith, if not sooner, ASAP PDQ. He is El Presidente of the Townhouse uh, Empire or something. I don't know. I don't know what it's called. I just know that you're telling people whether or not they gotta mow their lawns and turn their sprinklers off. That's I I'm guessing that's what it is. What are those plants? <laughs> The rhododendrons are looking shaggy, Marge. They're looking shaggy. We can have you out of here tomorrow. Shape up. Oh, good lord. I just, I just want to picture you like throwing some old lady out in the street. That's why I don't know why <laughs> Tim is like the last person on the planet to do that. But it's really funny to me. That's how I'm picturing this whole thing. Anyways, so now we come to the end of the end of the end, and I finally stopped talking. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you. No, please calm down. It's almost over. Our long national nightmare is almost at an end. Uh, but before I go, I like to look back and kind of think over the entire show. You know, a lot of information going here. We had a lot of information, a lot of talky, talky, talky about a lot of stuff. But of course, it all comes down to knowledge. The knowledge. that Because that's what we're all about. Knowledge for the people. See, my, my Mario Bane sucks. The people. There we go. Thank you. Because i that's the one impersonation that I just... No, I, none of my impersonations are any good. But that's that one's really bad. So I like to think back on all that and think of the knowledge that we've gained, if we have gained any knowledge, and ask, the hell did we learn today? Uh, we have learned the following. Ah, good. I always appreciate when there's a list. Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, let's just say Uncle Todd and the man they call Tim, we're going to take the holidays off to watch. So don't bother. Ding, us. ding. The man they call Tim could not make it two episodes in a row of getting Uncle Todd's blood pressure up, but fear not, I will keep trying. Oh, I'm sure you will. Uh, we have also learned that the man they call Tim was a minor wrestling promoter in his childhood days with his He Man <laughs> characters. I don't remember what the Federation was called, but we had belts. It, it, was, it was glorious. God, that's Ram Man's music. <laughs> Actually, Ram Man was one of the ones I had, so I, I don't Me think too. He, I don't think Me he ever too. won the strap. But like uh, the like the the weirdest one of all. Like you, the, I don't even think the arms. I think the arms might have moved. The legs didn't because they were they were yes. just like one form together, and then you just like pressed them down. And you went, yeah. And it was supposed to be like this big like sh- like like spring action, and it like went up a quarter of an inch and then fell right on his face. Yeah. Like it was the lamest thing ever. Like. And and this and this is a show where again there is a saddle on a green cat. Yes. There was four moves you could get out of him: a headbutt, a swinging <laughs> fist, a drop kick, and then of course a splash. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still at least one more than like John Cena. Oh my gosh! I didn't have Skeletor, but I did have. Co- I think I had a character called Cobra Khan, where you would basically pull, like, you take his head off, and you could fill his body up with water, put it back on, and spray because he was supposed to be like a venom sort of thing. And uh, and, and you 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 could spray uh, water that way. But I think he was my top. Really? Yeah. Anyways, well. We've also learned uh, that Uncle Todd and I need to agree to disagree on the theme song to the Masters of the Universe trailer. <laughs> no, you just you just need to learn how to have some fun. <laughs> you need to you need to loosen up. You've been going to too many of them town hall meetings. And you have threatening to throw like widows and old people out in the street. You need to relax. A Pull little. those weeds. Cut, <laughs> cut loose. The man they call Tim. He tried to educate Uncle Todd on Game of Thrones, but with little success. And finally. The last thing we have learned is that Masters of the Universe Revelations, it looks like an interesting take. Uncle Todd is bullish, and mm-hmm. the man they call Tim is a middle-of-the-road buy. So we shall see how good that content is. Oh, With all that will. being said, uh, yes. we just want to thank everyone, our, our listenership for the downloads this past week. We, we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, mm. We, we are, are humbled. We are honored. Uh, and uh, we will continue to crank out the idiotic uh, ramblings that we do uh, week to week. But finally, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And uh, for no other good reason than it just makes an interesting and fun tagline, please hit the lights on the way out. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! <laughs> you are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. 
Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I like how you say, like, we're going to keep up the, the idiotic content. Like, we have a choice. <laughs> this is the best that we can do. This is the, this is the, this is the top of the ladder for us. It's, a, it's like a, like a three-step step ladder, and the top step's already broken. We're, we can only get as high as a second step. This is it. We have topped out, but yet you're, you're saying, like, oh, we're going to keep at it. We're like Ran this Man when we, when, when we spring load him and let him fly, and we just kind of fall over. Pretty much, pretty much. There but you, you know, it. I like the I like the inherent, just like foolish, giddy optimism of it. Like we're gonna keep up the idiotic content. Like, and our and our family's like, yep, you are. <laughs> That's our experience, at least. Indeed, indeed. Either that, or you're gonna get drunk and poop your pants. I mean, that's really the those are the only two things that are gonna happen. And he had to go there. <laughs> I did. I did. You damn right, I did. <laughs>